and welcome to a special bonus episode of Fully Scored, our Fully Scored Superfan special. And I'm delighted today to be joined by two guests from around the world to put their knowledge of the Fully Scored podcast to the test. Please let me introduce, first of all, Darren Waterworth. G'day, Matthew. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. Can you tell us, where are you coming from today? So I'm in Melbourne, Australia, um, and uh, located about uh, oh, 20 miles, I suppose, out of, out of central Melbourne. Fantastic. And in the other corner of my screen, because we're recording this on Zoom, is Nicholas Brill. Good to see you, Nick. Morning, Matthew. Good morning. And where are you coming from today? Well, I'm coming from the glorious South Wales Valleys. Lovely stuff. Excellent. So uh, we're basically going to be remaking the ashes today. Um, UK versus Australia here. Um, are you both fans of cricket? I, I am. I'm, I'm an ex-player myself, a very, very handy batsman uh, in my junior days. Um, yeah, so, uh, but you're yeah, keen, keen cricket watcher. Yeah, same, same for me as Darren. Played it when I was in school. Um, and now I'm actually going through the process of training to be an umpire. So, um, yeah, very much love the game of cricket. Fantastic. That's very excited. Well, I'm sure there'll be more people on the edge of their seats waiting to see the uh, results of this competition than the actual Ashes. So we'll find out the definitive <laughs> winner in a few moments. Before we do launch into the questions, though, I've just got a couple of questions sort of about yourself so we can get to know you before we hear how you do. So we'll start with Darren. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you play, um, where you attend the Salvation Army, etc.? Sure. I attend the Box Hill Salvation Army, and I'm the uh, first horn player, uh, and uh, also playing the Melbourne Staff Band as, as a percussionist. Um, for my, my job, I work as a business manager in a Christian college. Excellent. And same question to you, Nick. So currently I attend the Cum Corps, the Salvation Army. It's about 25 miles north of Cardiff, the capital of Wales. Um, play first cornet in our small band. There's about 10 of us. And currently a member of the international staff band where I play second man down on the solo corner bench. Excellent stuff. Now back to you, Darren. So far in Fully Scored, have you had a favourite guest? Actually, I was doing devotions last night at Staff Band and referred to Peggy Thomas's episode on uh, Fully Scored. I was really interested in, in her sort of story. Uh, yeah, so uh, Peggy Thomas's sort of uh, episode was uh, one I really enjoyed. Excellent. And Nick? Um, I would say Bruce Broughton, uh, which was, it was very topical at the time because, of course, he wrote the test piece for the National Championships of Great Britain. And it was just great to get an insight into his composing process. And, uh, you know, you can see why he's been so successful at writing many Hollywood scores. So that was a particular favourite of mine. And the other part of the podcast, the analysis. Darren, have you got a favourite analysis, a favourite piece that we've looked at so far? I think just recently, I think it was Ken Downey when he was going through King of Heaven. That, that, was, uh, that was great, really enjoyed sort of getting his uh, insight into the, the composition. And just a tag on question to that, is there any piece that you'd like to, us to look at in the future? 
I think have you done Corpus Christi? Yes, yeah, we have done. That, that was on a, that was an earlier one on there, wasn't mm-hmm. there? That, I think with Martin Corden did he didn't analyze that one? I think, but didn't he? Um, I enjoyed. Well, we haven't done the. Have we done the present age? Not yet. No. Mm-hmm. Add that one to the list. There we go. Absolutely, certainly will. And Nick, same questions to yourself. Have you had a favourite analysis? And is there one that you'd like to see in the future? I think you would have been the first one with Andrew Blaze, uh, Easter Glory, um, which which has come quite in handy as as you know, Matthew. We are now preparing that piece for a concert in the future with the ISB. So to have that insight is is really helpful. Um, and one piece that I would love to see someone do an analysis on would, would be my personal favourite of all Brass Band repertoire, and that would be Eric Ball's Rizuga. Fantastic. Very good music indeed. We'll try and get those in at some point in the near future. Last question. Darren, apart from yourself, is there a guest that you'd like to see on Fully Scored sometime soon? Oh, look, one of my favourite... My, my favourite Salvation Army composer is Robert Redhead, and I know that Robert's probably not keeping the best of health these days, but Robert is a very uh, you know, a friend, which I, I, I reckon would be great to, yeah, to interview. And uh, same question to yourself, Nick. Oh, that's, a, that's a tough one. There's been so many so far. I think looking around the army worldwide and sort of how brass bands are flourishing, I think it would be really interesting to get some insight into that from someone from from Africa. So one of the perhaps one of the music leaders in Africa would be really interesting to interview to see what's going on down there and how they've attracted so many and um, maybe pick up some tips of how we can do that here and in the army worldwide. Excellent. And I'm glad you say this, and I promise this isn't scripted to listeners, but that is how we're going to be kicking off season three. I won't give any spoilers more than that, but uh, tune in in January and you can hear exactly what Nick's just talked about there. Excellent. So this brings us to the quiz, the meat of this bonus episode today, why everyone's listening, I'm sure. Um, I've got 12 questions for you each. Uh, Now, there's no time limit like the regular band mastermind, and these questions all about our podcast episodes and our guests and their answers so far. So keeping to the true Ashes cricket theme, I flipped a coin before we started. And uh, Darren, you're going to be up first, if that's all right with you. Okay, I'll give it a, give it a good, good shot, Matthew. Excellent stuff. So first question for you. Where does Dr. Stephen Cobb get his batons from? SPNS. Not quite, I'm afraid. Let's have a listen and see what the answer is. Um, and here's a question for the anoraks that might be listening. What baton do you use? <laughs> well, I've got a guy in Canada that, um, that, that sends me batons from time to time. Um, so Cal, um, Cal sends me batons and I use them and I like them. So there we go. Cal in Canada. Big shout out if he's listening today. Question number two. If Philip Cobb could play another instrument, what instrument would it be? Violin. Not quite. Let's have a listen and see. Um, if you could play another instrument, what would it be? I'm a bit of a rocker at heart, so I'd love to. I do play a, a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of guitar, but I'd love to be able to do it properly. So there we go. A tiny, tiny guitar or a tiny bit of guitar. One of the two. Next question. 
Which world-famous trombonist phoned Don Jenkins every Monday night for a whole year? That'd be bright. Let's have a listen and see. And the telephone rang, bang on 10 o'clock. Alan Dell finished, 10 o'clock news came on, the phone rang. Don Lusher. And Don Lusher said, how have you been, Don? And for over a year, at the end of every Alan Dell programme, the telephone rang and it was Don Lusher asking how I was. There we go. Don Lusher. Next question. According to John Lamb, what's the best thing about living in Canada? There are a few answers here, so I'll accept just one of them for the point. Ice hockey. Let's have a listen and see which answers John Lamb gave. Fantastic. Now, what's the best thing, in your opinion, about living in Canada? Other than the fact that nobody really knows who we are as a people, uh, I think uh, the best things about it is we're a small population with a big, beautiful backyard, and we have a thing called Tim Hortons Coffee. It's our national addiction next to the game of hockey. Oh, next to a game of hockey. Oh, I reckon we could give... Give him that. Give him that. I'll give him that. Yeah, I reckon we'll give you the point there. Very, very good. I was getting worried. I was getting worried I was going to go for an absolute duck on this one. Yeah, good. <laughs> okay, next question. Uh, now, hopefully, you might get this one with a bit of inside family knowledge. Bandmaster Ken Waterworth was asked what three things that he would he want to take with him if he was stuck in the outback. For one point, can you name two of the three things that he'd want to take with him? His wife? He was, he was such an exciting guest. I should have remembered all this. Uh, but, um, let's and uh, say an Aussie rules football. Let's see what he said. Now, this is a, maybe a trickier question. If you were stuck in the outback and could only take three items, what would those three items be? Um, I remember a water bottle. I'd take my water bottle with me. Um, I'd have to uh, maybe uh, take my baton. I'd have to take my baton with me. You just never know when a band might crop up out in the outback, be ready to conduct. Um, and I think I'd have to um, just just a, a sleeping bag of some kind. I think I'd be able to water bottle, sleeping bag, and baton. I think would just do it for me. I think. There you go. Um, probably well, not. Well, well that, that, that was a really ex- sorry, yeah, exciting response to the question. Anyway, well, absolutely. I'm not sure if I'd want to venture into the outback with Ken and just those three items. <laughs> not sure how well that would turn out. <laughs> Next question: What iconic cornet solo did Peggy Thomas ask William Himes to write for her dad's retirement? Jubilance. Let's see if you're correct. Salvationist or not. Jubilance is probably one of the most well-known cornet solos uh, around today. A uh, fantastic solo, and of course, is originally written for yourself by William Hines. Uh, could you briefly just tell us the story behind that solo and where it came from? Sure. Um, it was written in 1987, My and I asked Bill if he would uh, write a solo for me for my dad's retirement. 
um, the staff band was going to be on duty and I thought it might be nice if, if I could do something new. And he agreed to do that. The, 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 uh, the retirement was in March. Um, we, also that year, we were scheduled to go to the UK on a tour and we were doing Roller Albert Hall. And, I was, and so, um, so the plan was whatever solo he would write, I would probably play in Royal Albert Hall. So, um, so he didn't get it done for my dad's retirement, but he did get it done around May for the May trip before we, June when we left. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a great, great solo. There we go, well done. Correctly saying jubilance. So we're halfway there, six questions to go. If Bill Flynn could change the color of Rudolph's nose, what color would he change it to? Well, be, Bill being sort of the involved in the tournament of roses, thinking it could be some sort of rose color. Not sure if you might trying to give me a trick question here and wondering whether it should, you know, he may have said yellow, red, and blue. Let's, let's go blue. Last question. If you could change the color of Rudolph's nose, what color would you change it to? Pink, because it's my granddaughter's favorite color. There we go, pink. Who is Derek Lance's favorite orchestral composer? I would expect it to be a big, big brassy sort of, brassy sort of guy. Let's go Marla. Absolutely correct. Let's hear the man himself <sighs> say it. And do you have a favourite composer? Is it Rachmaninoff uh, that you love to perform or, or that and that sort of late romantic stuff? Or do you uh, prefer Baroque piccolo trumpet playing or contemporary music? Um, I, I definitely, I fall in like the, I love the, you know, I love the Mahler symphonies. You know, those are the, probably the most fun to play. Uh, great trumpet parts. You know, I loved, uh, you know, kind of doing Shostakovich things, especially with your know, Russian conductors. That's always a lot of fun. Um, but uh, just in terms of music, like I absolutely love Brahms. Um, I love listening to it. I love his piano quartets, you know, all those kind of things. And then also, uh, I'm a big fan of Beethoven, Beethoven three especially. So I'm kind of all over the place. Um, but if I had to pinpoint one, I would say it would be uh, Mahler. Typical trumpet player. Excellent stuff indeed. For how many years has Bill Himes taught beginner brass players at his core? Yeah, um, let's go 45. Let's have a listen and see. So as someone that's uh, been so heavily involved in music education as well, I'm really interested to hear your opinion. How do you think that we continue to keep Salvation Army music making so relevant and engaging to the young people of today? Well, I'll tell you this, uh, for the last at least 35 years, I teach beginning brass players every Wednesday night at my core. And I love seeing those lights go on. I love seeing the, as they're learning about a, a quaver, they're learning about a flat or a sharp or a meter. So at least 35. 35. I may have, may, look, may, may have uh, sort of put Bill's aged up a little bit too high, thinking he could have done it for 45 years. I'm sure he'd be delighted to hear that. <laughs> so I'll give you a couple of years either side, but 
No, no, <laughs> okay, coming on to our last three questions now. Where was Dorothy Gates born? Ireland. Let's have a listen and see. My first question for you, we're going to go back in history a little bit. Uh, can you tell us a bit about where you were born and what your first connections with the Salvation Army were? Well, I was born in Belfast in Northern Ireland. I think we'll give you that one. Excellent Thank stuff. You. Right. Tricky one, this one. This one that I didn't get. What is Beth Malavance's favourite breed of dog? Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's, that, that one's a tricky one. Um, I'm not sure whether they have golden retrievers in the US, but let, let, let's go golden retriever. Let's see what she says. What breed of dog is your favourite? Um, I feel obligated to say my dog's breed, which is a Samoyed. <laughs> Fantastic. If your dog's listening, I'm sure he won't be offended now then. <laughs> there we go. Samoyed. And final question. Right up to date in our latest episode, what carol did Anthony Thompson say was his favourite? He played this. You talked about the Sussex carol, didn't we? Is that the one he sort of played two and a half times on the video? Was that his favourite carol? Let's see. Uh, have you got a favourite carol? Okay. Joy to the World, I like a lot. I like a bit of handle. And uh, Joy to the World is uh, is a what the kids call a tune. Absolutely. So, Joy to the World. I know maybe Sussex Carol comes in a close second. We'll have to find I, out. I, I, and I, and I, cause I like the way he said handle. Joy to the World, yeah. He gave it that real good accent there, didn't he? Very, very good. Well, that gives you a total score of four. Oh, that's not a very good effort. And the boys in the staff band are going to give me absolute uh, watto for just, yeah. Okay. No, no, look, if I did my best. I actually, there we go. I actually was swatting. I, wasn't, I was more swatting on sort of you know, numbers in, in the uh, festival series and the so if you had asked me what's number one in the in the blue favourites, I would have said Beaumont. But you know, there we go. Anyway. Well, maybe that's a quiz for another time. <laughs> Great. Well, I, I don't think that's a bad score. A score of four. But let's see how Nick Brill does. Nick, welcome back. Are you still there? Yes, yeah, still here, Matthew. Excellent stuff. Do you think you can beat that score of four? I think it'll be tricky. I think. Darren's underestimated how good a score four is. Mm. I think it'll be tough. Okay, well, let's see how you get on. So, Nick, here's your first question. How often does Andrew Blythe claim to Google himself? <clears throat> I'm going to say I don't think he ever does. Well, let's listen and see. Also, if you Google my name, you come up with... Um... A guy that's been convicted uh, and has served life sentence in prison, <laughs> and uh, a composer actually, oh. an Australian composer, um, uh, that uh, that actually shares 
a recording with an Australian composer called Paul Sharman as well. No and way. We've, yeah, we've shared a programme together on an evening's wow. music in Australian radio, Paul Sharman and Andrew Blythe's music, but it's amazing. It's not us two. How often do you Google yourself then? <laughs> <laughs> oh, every day, Great. obviously. There we go. Andrew Googles himself every day. You heard it, heard it here first? I didn't <laughs> think he'd be that way. <laughs> Darren, have you heard of the Australian uh, Paul Sharman or Andrew Blythe? No, haven't been playing any of their, any of their music lately. No, fair enough. <laughs> okay, talking about Paul Sharman, next question. Which piece contains the original Sharman dirty bass line? I'm trying to think now. I'm torn between a couple. Which, which couple of those are you thinking? I don't want to see them out, Matthew. <laughs> Let's think. I'm going to go for purpose. I was I was torn between purpose and inclusion, but I'm going to go for purpose. Let's have a listen and see. Now, many shaman scholars will agree that Section K in purpose was the original shaman dirty baseline. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you were correct there with purpose and Section K as well. Right. Which brass instrument would Nick Simmons-Smith like to see wiped from the face of the earth permanently? Baritone. Is that a personal view, or do you think that's the answer? I think that's the answer. Okay, let's have a listen. I love the baritone. If you had to have one brass instrument wiped from the face of the earth permanently, what would it be? <laughs> oh, I'm going to upset a lot of people. But that's the uh, I think we could all live without the baritone, couldn't we? Well, you hear, heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, another point. Next question. What is Philip Smith's favourite trumpet concerto? Araturian. Let's have a listen and see. Um, have you got a favourite trumpet concerto? Yes. Um, avoiding the obvious. I'm going to go with Joseph Turin's first trumpet concerto. So there we go. Close with the Araturian, perhaps. No one here, Matthew. No one here. <laughs> okay. What shoe size does Major Martin Cordner wear? Nine. Let's have a listen and see. So uh, let's let's jump right in. Um, what's your shoe size? Eight. Eight. Brilliant. Oh. There we go. One away. It's a little bit smaller than you thought. Who phoned John Mott to inform him of his appointment as National Bandmaster? Les Condon. Let's see if you're correct. And as part of your officership, uh, you were then appointed to the National Bandmaster. Um, was this a surprise to you? Oh, utterly, was utterly surprised. <laughs> well, I tell you how I got the appointment. Do you know Jackie Proctor? Have you heard of Jackie Proctor? She was sure. in the ISS. She was a founder member of the ISS. I was a CEO in Lurgan in Northern Ireland. My phone rang. Hello, John. It's your Jackie here. You're coming to join us tomorrow. Am I? Yes. And that was a total surprise. The fact that, and the next morning I got a letter from Dennis Hunter to say, National Bandmaster, I was shook, rigid. There we go, Jackie's mm. problem. If I and, was, and that was that was a good impersonation that John did <laughs> give of Jackie. <laughs> if I was slightly meaner, I'd see who could do the best impersonation for a bonus point. But I think we'll no. clear of that. 
Okay, next question. Who submitted the question for Dr. Howard Evans regarding his choice of hair product? Um, I'm going to go with one of my ISB colleagues and go for Jonathan Evans. Let's see if that's correct. So the next question has been sent in by Trevor Caffell, a long-term oh. member of the International Staff Band and Managing Director of SATCOL. The question is as follows. Hi, Howard. A good head of hair is essential to creating the right look whilst conducting. I'm feeling a bit follically challenged these days, and it's obvious to us all that you're using hair product. Uh, I'd love to have a mop like yours, so can you tell us, please, what product you use? Trevor, jealousy will get you nowhere. <laughs> there we go, Trevor Caffel. Whose birthday did episode 16 of Fully Schooled Mark? Think back. 16. <sighs> oh, Noel Jones. Let's see if you're uh, correct. Uh, In today's episode, episode 16, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. And we're going to be looking into and celebrating the music and the life so far of a very prominent musician and composer in the Salvation Army. He's had well over 100 different compositions published in band journals all around the world. All of his music is incredibly well written, classy, functional and playable and has a fantastically strong message behind it. I'm of course talking about the music of Noel Jones. There we go. Correct answer there with Noel Jones. Okay, so Nick, you're on three correct answers, chasing on the heels of Darren here with four questions left. Okay, nail-biting stuff. Next question. Apart from Abel, what other two marchers have been used to open the podcast? Christmas Joy and... I was going to say he lives, but obviously not because we've just had the intro there to Noel's one. Oh, I can't. I can't think, Matthew. Another one. Trying okay. To... Well, let's have a listen and see if that jogs your memory. Correct with Christmas Joy, and the other one, of course, was the Canadian. I'm afraid, just to keep it even more nail-biting stuff, I'm not going to give you that uh, that point there. Ah, uh, so, right, not even a half mark, half half point. <laughs> no, you should know me. I'm not that kind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, which movie did Bruce Broughton turn down writing the score for, which led to John Williams writing it instead? Again, torn between two. I'm going to go Jurassic Park. Let's see. But occasionally he would get busy and he couldn't do a job. So I would follow him. Like I, I did Tombstone. Jerry recommended me. I did Baby's Day Out. Jerry recommended me. Um, it's funny. I, I couldn't do I couldn't do Home Alone. So John Williams did Home Alone. So I mean, not that I recommended him, but you know we, we sort of followed each other. 
<laughs> there we go. Home alone. Right. Two questions to go. If it is a tie, four on the end, we have got a tiebreaker to do, to crown the definitive fully scored head. At which core did Clarence Adu grow up at? Shubury Ness. Let's see. Well, my parents are Ghanaian and uh, they came over to England in the late 50s. And my father and mother came over because my father wanted to study a little bit more on uh, agricultural engineering. They were here for 10 years. And during that time, um, four of us uh, children were born. And um, my father was impressed with the education system here. So plan A was for us to um, go to school uh, in England and just during the holidays, uh, go to Ghana. I was going to say, go back to Ghana, but I'd never been to Ghana. Um, and so um, we were fostered with friends of theirs. So they lived in Shubriness. So I grew up in uh, Shubriness, which is a small town down in Essex. Excellent. Correct. There was Shubriness. So this puts us on four apiece. One question to go. This Come on, be- Nick. Come on, Nick. Don't get nervous now. Come on. <laughs> okay. So this is the question. Where was Richard Phillips's ISB debut only months before he was poached by the ISS? I'm sure he said it was a Wednesday night somewhere. I'm just trying to think where, where it was. Got to say somewhat Northampton. I don't don't know why you just okay. Let's have a drum roll and we'll hear and see if Northampton is the correct answer. I'm not sure how many people might know this, but you're also part of another staff section for a while and a cornet player in the ISB. Uh, what was that like? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess people would uh, would forget that, but uh, I did a. Um, I, I came. I joined the band in March. My first, my first uh, Wednesday night it was was at Greenford, of all places, and that was my first. Uh, and we played the March Greenford. Uh, that was the world premiere of that March, Norman Bearcroft March. So there we go, Greenford. So thank you, Simon, for saying we might need a tiebreaker. That's really handy. <laughs> <laughs> adds a little bit more jeopardy to this episode. So the tiebreaker, there's a numerical answer. And whoever gets closest to the correct number will be crowned the ultimate fully scored nerd of season two. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the tiebreaker. In total, how many questions have been answered correctly in Band Mastermind? So whoever gets closest numerically to the correct answer will win. If you'd like to reveal your answer by typing it in the chat to me, then you won't be influencing each other and we'll have a true winner of today's quiz. Okay, so thank you for those messages, gentlemen. The results are in. Darren goes with 78. And Nick Brill goes with 93. I can reveal that the correct answer is 
89.5. So, Nicholas Brill, you are today's champion and the fully scored head for season two. Congratulations. Thank you very much, Matthew. Okay, we've got well, um, for your victory speech. What would you like to say? Well, I think there's more, more chance of me being successful on the English cricket team this winter. That's what I start off with. Um, congratulations to Darren for putting up that tricky score. Really put me under pressure. And thanks to Matthew and Simon just for the great podcast we had so far. And looking forward to what's coming in the future. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And thank you ever so much to both of you for giving up your time to join us and, you know, making yourself vulnerable with those questions. <laughs> Tricky stuff there, uh, but some very, very good answers. And also thank you to all of those who offered to join us on our super fan special. Hopefully we'll be able to have another one of these in the future and uh, have some more people on. Both of you, for taking part though, and for being wonderful guests, will be receiving a little prize in the post within, well, Nick, maybe a few days, Darren, maybe a few years, <laughs> if you'd like to, to reveal to our listeners what that little prize is when you receive it, maybe you can take a little photo and tag fully scores. Uh, but we look forward to you receiving that. And thank you for your time today and for all of your listens. And thank you to all of our listeners and Simon Gash for preparing all these questions and uh, snipping through and uh, editing it all together into a tasty little parcel. Goodbye and God bless. Thank you.